Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. What God's doing, amen? Amen. And so we just encourage you to get involved in that. Special day today, a lot of our college students will be back. Not all of them, but a lot of them will be back. I think they'll all be back next week. And that is always great. It provides uh, a boost of energy, and we're excited about that. And I just encourage you, when you see a college student walk around here, would you please hug their neck and let them know you're glad to see them again. It's always good to have them back, and so we're excited about that. Well, we've been in a series, and I'm going to wrap that series up because next week we start a special series called Aliens. Our banners are already getting attention. Julie was in uh, Walmart yesterday on Reno, and the lady checking her out uh, started talking to her, and somehow they started talking about church, and, and she said, we just moved into town, got this job here, and I'm looking for a church. And Julie said, well, I, I know where there's a church. And she said, Passion Church. And that lady went, oh, where the alien pic- pictures are on the end. Yeah, that's it. So uh, so it's, it's working, and it's going to continue to work, and we're just excited about uh, uh, that. But this morning, I've been in a series called Hunger Games, and uh, I just pray that what's taking place over the course of the last few weeks is that your desperation level is increasing. I don't ever want us to get satisfied. You say, well, God's done so much. I'm done. No, no, no. Listen, God wants to do more for us than ever we've ever even thought of or imagined, right? And so the first week I said to you that our issue is not a supply issue. We, we, let, me, let me recap just briefly. You know, I read to you this, the account where Jesus broke the bread and the fish and fed 4,000, and their hunger moved him. They had a supply issue. When Jesus said, what do you have to feed these people? The the disciples said, we don't have anything. They had a supply issue. We don't have a supply issue. God has more than enough. How many of you can testify this morning that his grace is still sufficient and he still has more power than we will ever be able to tap, right? He is is the most powerful. And so our issue is not a supply issue. Our issue is simply a demand issue. We've come to this place in our own life where our apathy has overtaken our appetites. And what takes place is we no longer place a demand on what God has for us. We, we survive and call it abundant living. We survive and just make it by and think that that's what Jesus died for. I got news for you. Jesus died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. Wave upon wave of His grace. Wave upon, y'all are quiet this morning. Wave upon wave of his, his blessings. Wave upon wave of His presence in your life. Amen. So we cannot become satisfied with survival. And then last week I took you into the Old Testament and I read to you the story or the account of the four lepers who said, we can sit here and die or we can get up and go try to do something and die, but we got to try something. And I challenged you to cause your desperation level, to stir up the desperation level in your own life so that it will drive you to do something because God is always moved by desperation. When he comes into contact with people who are desperate, it moves him to take action. And so I, I, I just want you to become so desperate that God moves on our behalf. And I said to you that, 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 that our issue is that sometimes we allow other things to come into our life to kill our desperation level. I want you to become desperate for him again. Where, where when you come into his presence, you're desperate for him. Monday morning, you're desperate for him. You don't wait till Sunday to get an encounter with God. Monday morning, you wake up and you're desperate for him. Then I mentioned that 
There are always leftovers because when hung, people get hungry for God, God will bless you to the leftover level. Amen? I mean, anybody want that kind of blessing? But, but I told you that we will never receive a leftover level of blessing if we use all the blessing up on us. God blesses us with leftovers so that we can minister to the left out. Those that don't have what we're receiving, we are the distribution channels by which God wants us to take what you encounter from Him and distribute it with those that you work with, those that you live with, those that you go to school with, those that you encounter on a daily basis. You are the distribution channels of God's leftover blessing. Oh, y'all ain't with me this morning. Right, y'all y'all quiet in, in this house this morning. Y'all going to have to wake up for me. I, 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 I might preach a long time if you don't help me. Amen. First um, Kings chapter. 17 I want to read a pretty extensive passage of scripture to you to wrap this thing up this morning I want to talk to you about brooks and biscuits uh, brooks and biscuits I had a bojangles biscuit don't hate me don't hate me I had a bojangles some of y'all ain't never had no bojangles y'all are deprived it's a whoo it's the anointed kind of food I uh, we got to pray a bojangles into Oklahoma City I think we might ought to start a chain in our lobby I yeah yeah and we yeah okay all right, First Kings chapter seventeen. That's good preaching right there, bro. That's a whoo. Uh, I would weigh nine thousand pounds because I. First uh, Kings chapter seventeen, beginning in verse two. Then God, or God, then told Elijah, "Get out of here and fast. Head east and hide out at Kareth Ravine on the other side of the Jordan River. You can drink fresh water from the brook. I've ordered the ravens to feed you." Elisha obeyed God's orders, and he went and camped in the Kareth Canyon on the other side of the Jordan. And sure enough, isn't it interesting, anytime we obey God, it always turns out like he said it would. Uh, that's free. And sure enough, ravens brought him his meals, both breakfast and supper, and he drank from the brook. Eventually, the brook dried up because of the drought, and then God spoke to him, Get up and go to Zarephath in Sidon and live there. I've instructed a woman who lives there, a widow, to feed you. So he got up and went to Zarephath, and as he came into the entrance of the village, he met a woman, a widow, gathering firewood, and he asked her, Please, would you bring me a little water in a jug? I need a drink. Remember, there's a drought going on. There's a famine on the land, but he, he imposes on this lady, Could you just bring me something to drink? Now she went to get it. He called out, And while you're at it, would you bring me something to eat? And she said, I swear as surely as God lives, I don't have so much as a biscuit. I have a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a bottle. You found me scratching together just enough firewood to make a last meal for my son and me. After we eat it, we'll die. And Elijah said to her, don't worry about a thing. Go ahead and do what you said, but first make a small biscuit for me and bring it here. Then go ahead and make a meal for, for, from what's left over or left for you and your son. This is the word of God of Israel. The jar of flour will not run out and the bottle of oil will not become empty before God sends rain on the land and ends this drought. And she went right off and did it did just as Elijah asked and it turned out as he had said daily food for her and her family the jar of meal didn't run out and the bottle of oil didn't become empty God's promises fulfilled to the letter exactly as Elijah had delivered it later on the woman's son became sick and the sickness took a turn for the worse and then he stopped breathing and the woman said to Elijah why did you ever show up here in the first place a holy man barging in exposing my sins and killing my son and Elijah said, hand me your son. 
He then took him from her bosom, carried him up to the loft where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he prayed, Oh God, my God, why have you brought this terrible thing on this widow who has opened her home to me? Why have you killed her son? Three times he stretched himself out full length on the boy, praying with all his might, God, my God, put breath back into this boy's body. And God listened to Elijah's prayer and put breath back into his body. He was alive. Elijah picked up the boy and carried him downstairs from the loft and gave him to his mother. Here's your son, said Elijah, alive. Brooks and biscuits. Yeah, I want to teach you some things this morning out of this account that I think are important. If we are going to stay hungry, if we are going to continue to be desperate for God's presence and what he wants to do in our lives and for us as a body, then we need to learn a few things. One of the things that we need to know immediately is this. You, you've got to understand this individually. We've got to understand this corporately. And that is simply this. Dry times are supposed to be a season, not a permanent stop. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, see, what we do is if we're not careful, we allow dryness to kill our hunger. Well, it, I've been dry for so long, it's just always going to be like this. See, I'm already preaching. Y'all think I'm still in my introduction. Uh, uh, l- listen to me this morning. Some of you have made up your mind that the season of dryness that you're living in right now has been that way so long. You've been sick so long. You've been disgusted so long. You've been disappointed so often. You've been disillusioned for so long that you literally think it's always going to be like that. Then what happens is that we become very comfortable in our dryness preaching and y'all just staring at me Uh, we become satisfied with less than enough listen some of you've given up the brook that you were drinking from is dry and rather than doing anything about it what you do is you still continue to sit by the brook and you just wait to die And what I want you to understand is that some of you are still holding on for ravens to come and feed you, and God has moved on to widows. Connect the dots. Some of you are still looking for the same resources, the same blessings, the same source, the same way God's always done it. And God has made the decision that he's done with that method, and now he's moving on to something else. But you're still hanging out at a dry brook, and there ain't no birds showing up with nothing for you to eat. And you're starving to death, and you're going, it's always going to be like this, and God has forsaken me. No, God moved. Let me, let me see, see if I can help you. Some of you are hanging out with people that, that aren't feeding you anymore. The reality is, is that they used to feed you. They used to make you stronger than you were. They used to drive you towards God. They used to cause you to hunger and thirst after righteousness. They used to press you towards God. But now something's changed and they don't push you towards God. They drag you away from God. But you're still hanging out in the same relationships wondering why you're starving to death. And what I want you to understand is that you can't hang out in dry times forever. Listen, God has somewhere or someone that he can use to nourish you. But you have to be willing to quit crying over what God is through with. That was good right there. I'll amen myself. Some of you are still crying over and mourning for what God finished with in your life 15 years ago. Well, if I could just find a church like I went to. He's done with that. 
Some of you are crying over relationships. If I still had this person in my life, I would be so, no, he's done with that. Quit even, even godly people cry over things that God's done with. Samuel cried over Saul until, until God said, why do you continue to weep for him when I am finished with him and I'm moving on to David? Some of you stuck on Saul. And you need to move on. You cannot. See, you've got to be willing to move on. Some of you are missing the provision of God because it doesn't look like, taste like what you experienced at the brook. And you've, gone, you've become comfortable with the method that God was using then, last week, last month, last year, last decade. And now God is trying to do a new thing. He just tends to do that. And, and now you're dissatisfied because it doesn't taste or look like what it used to. That's where Elijah was. He was at the brook and God had given him drink there and food there and if he becomes satisfied he dies how many of you know when the brook dries up and the ravens quit showing up if you don't do something you will die yeah you will die if you keep waiting on God to use what he's used in the past if he's not using what he used in the past anymore yeah get up and move well that that's deep isn't it profound get up and stink and move if you're dry, find a way to get out of the dry season. I've talked to you about seasons before. You cannot force your way out of a season too quickly. You've got to allow God to do what he wants to do in the season. But when you get the, when you get the word from God that that season is over, don't hang out in that season any longer or you will starve to death. See, what you've got to understand is food is linked to God's word. Do I need to go back to Sunday school? His word is like food to us. It's We live and move and have our being based on our intake of the... We live off of every... Yeah, it nourishes us. It's a light to our, our feet. It's a path to our feet. It, it is what sustains us. We don't live on praise. We live on His Word. It's manna. So our food is linked to our, here it is, our obedience to his word. And if we don't obey his word, we have no nourishment. Well, why are you hammering that? Because I keep running into people that are directly disobedient to his word, and then they wonder why their brook drops. Okay. There's a beverage company on TV that encourages you to live a certain kind of life. I just, want to, I just want to encourage you not to live the dry life. Some of you become completely satisfied and comfortable in your situation, not realizing that it is a season and not a permanent stop. And if you are going to get all that God has for you, you have to remain hungry enough that when God quits using a certain channel in your life, you get up and move and find the next one. The second thing I want to say to you is this. What we have right now is the basic ingredient to a miracle. When we start talking about hunger, I don't, I don't know what y'all are sensing, but 
I'm sensing over the last three three weeks, especially after the first week when I kicked your tail and got you motivated a little bit, I've just noticed this pressing in, and you guys are pushing for more of God, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do is get convinced you you need more and more and more. I sense that we are right on the brink of a miracle. I sense that we are right on the brink of breakthrough. I sense in my spirit what I told you three weeks ago when I talked to you about God pouring out a dangerous catch. God wants to bring a blessing not only into your life but into this body that is so large that it almost destroys us. And I'm see everybody. I, know, I can see it in your mind. You're thinking numbers. Well, he's talking about we're going to have. Yeah, I think we will. But that's not the point. The point is, see, if you're only blessed when you're here. I want you to get a blessing that will so overwhelm your life that it impacts you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. When you come back in here on Sunday, we just celebrate. All right? So if we are going to encounter what I believe we are right on the threshold of it, of experiencing, then what I want to say to you is that the key to that is what you have right now. Right, let me see if I can explain. The widow comes into an encounter with Elijah. And Elijah says, I need a drink of water. And oh, by the way, while you're at it, go fix me a country ham, egg, and cheese biscuit. Whew, I felt in. Whew, I had three of those this week. Uh, and she goes, now listen to her, listen to her. She says, I only have a little flour and I only have a little oil. I'm going to use all this up on me and then I'm going to die. She underestimated what she had and she failed to realize that what she had in her possession at that moment was the key ingredient to the breakthrough and to the miracle and to the provision that God wanted to bring into her life. She possessed that right now. That was her key to her feeling. Sounds like us, doesn't it? I only have a little faith. I only have a little cash. I only have a little time. I only have a small gift. But what we fail to realize is that if we would use the gifts and use what we have right now, the act of obedience with what we have leads to miraculous results. Uh, we ought to know that. We ought to know that. That's, that's basic Sunday school teaching. Yeah, what do you have to feed these people? Five loaves and fish, a couple of fish. Seven loaves, a couple of, what? Just a little bit? That's all you got? Yeah, that's enough. What you've got will do. And, and, and then we, we read about simple acts of obedience, like throw your nets on the other side. I know you've been fishing all night long and haven't caught anything, but throw them on the other side. They obey at your word, Master, and boom. So let me see. Our problem is this. Listen to me now. Our problem is that we are waiting on the spectacular act of faith that we can exhibit, believing that when we wait on the heroic steps, that God will break in and bring miracles and provision and breakthroughs. But while we wait to take heroic steps, we sit around starving to death, refusing to do the basics. So what I want to encourage you is this. Give out of your need. Serve out of your busyness. I'm preaching. Obey when it's painful. Worship in spite of your feelings. Obedience based in hunger is a platform from which God always produces miracles. What you have in your hand right 
now. Miracles are birthed out of the simple, not the spectacular. Simple obedience will get you filled more quickly than flashy steps. Now, you say, Steve, why are you saying that? Because I'm amazed at how many folks refuse to do the basics, and then they wonder why they don't see any supernatural and they're starving to death. Let me see if I, I see, I'm going to get real basic, and then you're going to be mad at me, but that's all right. That's all right. You'll get over it. I won't tithe. But then I can't, Pastor, I just don't understand it, man. I'm broke. I don't understand. I'm working. I'm making good money, but I can't seem to make ends meet. Are you tithing? No. Come on now. Basics. I'm not going to pray, but I can't seem to understand. Why is everybody else talking about they getting a word from the Lord? I can't get a word from the Lord to save my life. I am starving to death. I can't seem to have a miracle. My worship seems dead. I ain't going to pray during the week now. I'm just going to only pray when y'all pray. In fact, I ain't even going to pray on Sunday, Pastor. I'm just going to let you pray when you take the microphone. Your prayer that week is my only prayer time. And so, but I, but I can't. What's wrong with me, Pastor? Everybody else? The basics. I won't serve, and then I can't understand why I can't seem to connect. I'm not going to ush, I'm not going to greet, I'm not going to work with kids, I'm not going to help in youth, I'm not going to serve out in the community, but I can't figure out why nobody knows me. They don't even know my name. When I miss, they don't miss me. Yeah, there's no vacancy when you miss. You didn't leave any hole. Boy, that was rough. Come on now. We won't do the basics, and then we wonder why do we starve to death? Just a little oil. Just a little meal. When we don't, listen, catch this please. When we refuse to allow what we cannot do to keep us from doing what we can do. I didn't ask you what you could do spectacularly. I just asked you to take care of the basics. All of us can do the basics. At your level. I didn't even ask you to match my level. I didn't ask you to match anybody else's level. I simply am asking you to do the basics that you can do. When we come to this place where we refuse to allow what we cannot do to keep us from doing what we can do. Can I promise you that at that moment you will be filled when you do what you can do. Just use your oil. Just use your flour. Just use your time. Just use... And then, by the way, this is just a free one. You don't have to pay for this one. Here it is. What you make happen for others. Y'all ain't never heard that one from this pulpit, have you? What you make happen for others, God always makes happen for you. Go get me something to eat. And lo and behold, her household is taken care of forever until the drought's over. But we starve to death because we won't get off our biscuits and deal with the basics. It's just about me. I'm just going to take care of me. I'm just going to try to survive, and we starve to death because we won't handle what we got right now. Third and final is probably the most important, and I believe God brought me to this place in this, in this series to this because I think it's so crucial. And that is this. Lack of hunger will lead to more, lead to more than just lack of life. Lack of hunger ultimately leads to loss of life. Let me see if I can explain. You've got to connect the dots. I read to you this passage. Most people stop reading this passage for messages at the place where 
she continues to have flour and oil but the two are connected because shortly after she meets Elijah based out of hunger she's going there's the connection stay with she's hungry she's out gathering firewood to cook their last meal she wrecked she's in a desperate situation if she had not been hungry she would not have been out there gathering firewood therefore connect the dots she would not have met Elijah and then what happens is after a period of time, I don't know if it was three months, I don't know if it was a year, I, I, I can't seem to find the time frame, but all I know is you flip forward and what you discover is her son becomes sick and she, he quits breathing. So let me back up. If she'd have never been hungry in the first place, she would have never met Elijah. Her son, if, if God had continued down this path and allowed what happens happen, and her son becomes sick, her lack of hunger would not have just led to lack of life. It would have contributed to and caused loss of life. What was lack of life would have elevated and rolled up into loss of life, and her son would have died because she hadn't met Elijah because she wasn't hungry. Yeah, so... With no hunger, her son dies. Uh, this is going to get rough. I want to challenge you that it is absolutely essential that we become hungry again because if we do not become hungry again, our apathy, our take it or leave it mentality, I got no time for God, my calendar's already booked, I got my own agenda, my own plans, my own dreams, God I don't have room for you in my life, our lack of desperation could very well cause us to miss a divine appointment that has implications not only for us but our family for years. I didn't get no help, but I just came to tell you that if you settle into a lack of faith and if you settle into this place where you refuse to push for more, it will impact your children and your family. Your children's lives are depending on your hunger level now. Uh, do your kids ever see you do your family members ever see you model any hunger towards God? I know you're hungry about your business. I know you're hungry about your car. I know you're hungry about your house. I know you're hungry about your clothes. I know you're hungry about vacation. I know you But are, do, are you modeling any hunger towards the thing of God, the things of God for them? And if you're not, then I need to tell you this morning that when one generation misplaces their appetites, the next generation replaces Y'all didn't get that. I'm going to say that again. When one generation misplaces their appetites, and if there was ever a generation that is misplacing their appetite, it is the generation we live in right now. We are so consumed by material things and fame and prestige and, and power and, and, and all this. We, if we misplace our appetites and become consumed about that and refuse to remain hungry towards God, the next generation will not only misplace their appetites, they will replace their appetites and they won't give a rip about God. I'm preaching. Some of you are very concerned right now about your family members and their hunger level and their lack of hunger for the things of God. But that should not surprise us when they're watching us model for them hunger for everything else but God your hunger is important for your family 
if it's optional for you, it will become an afterthought for them. Your hunger level is absolutely essential for the generation that's coming behind you. They will hunger for what you have a taste for right now. I'm preaching. I'm telling you this morning that if we are not careful and we lack hunger in our spirit, our teenagers, our college students, your children, your family members will... Five years from now, you'll be running up to us going, I don't know what's wrong with my kids. I can't get them into church. Pastor Woody, can you come fix my kids? And he's going to look at you and go, no. And I'm going to back him. Because he can't undo in an hour and a half on a Wednesday night. Oh, Steve, what happened to you? Did you go to North Carolina and get mean? He can't undo in an hour and a half. He and Jesse can try with all of their might. They cannot undo in an hour and a half on a Wednesday night what you do 24 hours a day. And he can't make them hungry for God if they never see you in a service or see you seeking after God or spending any time in prayer or worshiping in the car. I know you like your country music in the car, but every once in a while your kids ought to see you worshiping in your car. They, they, Lack of hunger leads not to lack of life. It leads to loss of life. And so I just wanted to challenge you this morning. The reason that it is so important for us as a congregation to become absolutely starved for God's presence to the place that we will do whatever we have to do with what we have right now is because we got young folks coming after us and they need to see us starved for God so that they will be hungry. I long for a youth revival to sweep our community, to sweep our state. To but can I tell you where youth revival starts? In this room right now. It starts in your house the rest of the week. If they would ever see adults starve for God, they will follow suit. It just works. You know why I'm so hungry for God? I've watched my dad and my mom pursue God with everything that's within them. The legacy that they have passed on to me is they're starved for God. Even now, after all these years of serving Him and loving Him, my, I still watch my dad pursue God in worship. I still watch my mom and dad faithfully serve. I, I'm only following the example that they set. And so I challenge you. That's a, that's where I bring this whole thing to a conclusion. That's why it's so important for us as a body to get this. There are young men and women all around us dying and going to hell because nobody will model for them a hunger for God. And I want to challenge you, Passion Church, we've got to rise up and set a hunger pace for those around us. Will adults be impacted? Absolutely. But what we're after is we're after young men and women who are going to set the course of the future of this nation and our communities and our homes and our church. We've got to make them hungry for God again. So you got to get hungry. I want you to stand with me this morning. I cannot make you hungry. All I can do is whet your appetite. 
I just came to tell you, I don't know what you encountered when we were 15. I just want to tell you that there's more in God than you've ever encountered before. It's just the taste. It's just the tip of the iceberg. I don't, I don't know what God did for you five years ago. All I know is there's more of God now. I don't even know what God did for you yesterday. All I know is there's fresh manna every day. And his, his, he, he has a supply that if we would ever come to this place where we would place a demand, we would see an outpouring of God's presence, an outpouring of his blessing and breakthrough that we've never even imagined. How do we get that? got to be hungry we got to do what we can do right now take care of the basics and we got a model for our children for our family members our loved ones what it means to be hungry this is how we're going to end this morning and some of you are going to have to move out to make this happen because I don't want anybody by themselves I want us to get in clumps of family now I got some folks here that are way way away from home they don't have any family members here we're in the adoption business here. You can model hunger for other people too. And so I want you to literally move out of your area. If you've got family members here, get them with you. But you need to adopt somebody. You need to bring other folks into your little circle. And I want us to pray together this morning and make a covenant that we will do the basics. We will do what we can do right now. I'm not asking you to make spectacular leaps of faith. I'm asking you to do the basics. And then I want you to pray and commit together that what we're going to do is we're going to become a hungry people. And we're going to model for children and teenagers and college students and singles that we are starved to death. And they can come and see people and be involved in relationship with people that are hungry for the presence of God. So this is how I want you to do. I want you to quickly move, 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 move right now. Get with your family members. Look around and you see anybody that's by themselves. I want you to adopt them quickly and bring them into your prayer time. Somebody will have to lead the prayer, and that's all right. Just step up and lead and challenge one another to become hungry again. Father, make us hungry again. God, we covenant together this morning that as family, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, that God will take care of the basics. God, whatever we have in our hands right now, it's enough if we would just submit it to you. So, Father, we take care of the basics this morning. Help us to be faithful with what we can do. Help us to quit focusing what we cannot do, but let us focus on what we can do. Let us do the basic things that bring miracles and bring revival and bring renewal. 
Father, this morning I pray that you would make this group of families desperate for you. I pray that young men and women would watch as moms and dads and uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandpas passionately pursue your presence, oh God. God, let it be said of us that we were a hungry people. Cause us to desire you and want you. God, if there's any apathy in us, I pray that you'd shake it off right now. I pray that you'd uproot it and cast it out right now. I pray that we would become the kind of people that would go out of our way to pursue you. Let our children and the children's children see us chase hard after you. Make us hungry again. Father, I pray that as we worship together on weekends, that wouldn't become sufficient for us. That that hunger that we sense when we walk in these doors would move on over into our life Monday through Saturday and then we would come together Sunday and we would celebrate what you're doing in our life. Make us desperate again, I pray. God, if there's one person under the sound of my voice this morning that has gone a long, long time without encountering you or experiencing you, then Father, I pray this morning they would have a fresh encounter with you right now. That you would refresh them and renew them. In Jesus' name. We desire everything that you have for us. Bless us to a dangerous level, we pray. In Jesus' name. Now, would you just look at those people that you're praying for one by one? Would you look them right in the eye and say, I'm hungry. Are you? Come on, ask them. Come on, ask them. Are you hungry this morning? I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Together we're going to stay hungry. Amen. When you're finished with that, if if you want to take a seat for just a second, I want to give you some instructions and then do something I was supposed to do earlier and forgot. But that's all right. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more past resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 